Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to another Arsecast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? It is an Arsecast and not an Arsecast Extra, which is what we normally do on a Monday. But you know James. He's always getting into trouble, isn't he? Scrapes and escapades of all persuasions. If he's not getting his mobile phone robbed at gunpoint by a bloke on a moped, he's having his car crashed, he's getting injured or hurt or crippled or maimed in some way. And now... He's only gone and got himself married. When will his troubles end? I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, Congratulations to James and Camille, and I hope you had a lovely day. I'm sure it was uh, brilliant fun, and of course, they're doing kind of honeymoony things. You know, you can't make a man eschew the days after his wedding, the honeymoon days, that literal honeymoon period, to come and talk about how shit Arsenal are. That would be cruel, cruel and unusual punishment. But James will be back next week, and we will have an Arsecast Extra next Monday for you. Uh, But just to give you something to listen to today, one of the things that people have asked about is the youth team, the academy at Arsenal, what's going on there, how it's being run, what's going to happen when Permertesacker takes over, who are the young talents, the stars that we should be looking out for, and of course, uh, Arsblog News is very lucky to have uh, the best Arsenal youth columnist around, George Bird, who runs his own Arsenal youth website and has done for many, many years. So I thought I'd have a quick conversation with George about what's going on at academy level, and we can talk about some of the players, some of the people who have come and gone down the years. Andreas Jonker went, of course, last year. Per Mertesacker is going to take over the academy next year. And then, of course, there's the idea of young, exciting talent bred at Arsenal Football Club making the breakthrough, making the step up to the first team. Who are those players likely to be? Will the Europa League and the EFL Cup give us a chance to test their suitability and see how ready they are to play first team football for Arsenal. So, let's do it. It's not as long as an Arsecast Extra, as you might uh, as you might gather, but it is a podcast for you here this Monday, and I hope you enjoy it. This is me chatting to George Bird. Would it be fair to say that at academy level over the last few years, things have been a little bit underwhelming? Yeah, I think so. I think you could even go back and say, like, in the last um, six or seven years, it hasn't been like, a really good standard. I think since we had the team that um, won the FA Youth Cup in 2009, um, since then there's been like, a bit of a slowdown on the production line. And there have been some um, like successes in that time period, like Hector Bellerin and... Alex Iwobi, but um, unfortunately, a lot of the players coming through like, aren't of the required standard. And if you look at um, some of the players who signed the scholarship deals like four or five years ago, a lot of them are playing like 
League Two or non-league football. So there's definitely a problem there. But they're still producing um, the odd, like occasional, like really good talent, like Reese Nelson. But um, in terms of the overall production line, um, it isn't as good as it was um, like about ten or so years ago when we had like players like um, Wilshire and Lansbury and Cochrane like that at the moment there's not like a really good crop of player there's only like two or three individuals so there's definitely a problem there right and obviously things have changed and they've tried to address some of these issues down the years Liam Brady was the man in charge Terry Burton was there for a while as well but I suppose the the the, high, the most high profile change that they made was the appointment of Andreas Jonker who was a very well-regarded coach. He was assistant manager at Bayern Munich. He got a great track record as a coach, and he was brought in as the man to to sort of modernize, perhaps, the, the academy system and also to take it to, to the next level. It would be fair to say that it didn't quite work out like that. Um, yeah, but I think he actually did um, some good things. He um, brought in some talented youngsters from abroad, and um, he changed the way that... Um, Arsenal played at youth level a bit. He made them a little bit more direct in their approach, and he tried like the Ajax model of like, moving players about into lots of different positions. So I think um, maybe he wasn't like a success overall, but there were some like, good aspects of his um, reign. But I think the fact that he left um, like so abruptly and like, unexpectedly has um, left the academy in a bit of a bad situation because I don't think many people. I really expected that, um, but um, but if you looked at some of the like, results at youth level, like while he was um, in charge, like a lot of them um, weren't good results. So, but you did have like improvement like individually in some players. So I think he did a bit better than maybe like some people give him credit for, but it. His um, tenure wasn't really a success uh, overall. What was there any sense that the the appointment of Jonker was more to do with Ivan Gazidis than Arsene Wenger? And there have been stories that Jonker and Wenger didn't quite see eye to eye. And when you're when you're in charge of an academy, when your job, I suppose, is to produce players who can be good enough for the first team, if you're not necessarily on the best terms with the manager of the first team then it can become a bit of an issue um yeah i don't think it was like a major conflict between like, Wenger and jonker but they did have um some disagreement over um certain aspects and i think jonker like, had a like, major plan for the academy and he changed um quite a lot of things like for example um arsenal used to play a lot of schoolboys at um like under 18 level and then moved the under 18s up into the under 23s but with Jonker he just played like under 23s and the under 23s under 18s and the under 18s and schoolboys in the like, schoolboy football so he didn't um, like promote um, the younger players as quickly as before and I think um, some people at Arsenal um, didn't like that and also um, there were a lot of um, players that were brought in by Jonker and um, some of them just didn't um, have the impact that um, he thought they would. So um, that disappointed a few people as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the features of his time in charge, wasn't it? Bringing in young players uh, from across Europe. There were, you know, players from France and Germany and, and all over the place who were coming in 
and never quite making the grade, uh, never quite looking like they were good enough to make the grade. And I think we all appreciate how difficult it is, actually. Uh, you know, to be an impressive player at youth level is one thing, but to be able to translate that into first-team football is is another thing. But there were, at times, two, two recruitment aspects to... To youth level, there were certain scouts and certain people bringing in certain players, and and that was sometimes a, a bit of a conflict as well. Has has there been any move in the last little while to move away from what Yonker did in terms of bringing in players, uh, young talented players from abroad, and is there still that restricted uh, issue with young English players that they can only be brought in from a certain catchment area? Um, yeah, that still applies. That uh, all about the catch now. But this summer has been really interesting because um, like every year we're used to seeing Arsenal bringing in like three or four like high-profile talents from abroad, and Jonker used to do that quite a lot. But this year it just hasn't happened. They've only signed one youth player, the uh, Irish midfielder um, Jordan McInerney. But apart from that, they just kept like all of the other players they had and got rid of a few, and they haven't brought anyone else in. And I think it's the first time in a very long time that they haven't made any foreign signings at all. And I'm not sure exactly of the reasons behind that, but I think they had so many players already, they didn't need any more. But I'm pretty sure if Jonker was still there, he would have signed at least two or three players from abroad. So they definitely um, a change already like, since he's left. And I think that's going to continue uh, at the moment. But I think um, when Per Mertesacker takes charge next year there'll probably be another change in philosophy again well yeah I mean that's the thing it's it's trying to figure out whether this is a question of a new philosophy or because of what's going to happen down the line with Per Mertesacker and uh, and what he does with the academy, then maybe they're just not going to fill up the uh, fill up the squad with players that he might not want to have. I mean, we'll talk about Per Mertesacker and his appointment in a moment, but the man who's in charge, temporary charge at the moment, is Luke Hobbs. What can you tell us about him and what, what his remit is, in particular for this next year? Because uh, with Mertesacker still part of the first-team squad, ostensibly anyway he's not being picked but uh he, he has a little bit less time to focus on on what's going on at the academy level although he has said that during the season you know he will be uh watching and learning and and, and getting to know some of the players and some of the staff there but in the meantime wh- who is luke hobbs and, and what's he doing um well luke hobbs has been there um for a few years he used to be at south end but um He's coached um, Arsenal at like, various youth levels, um, like below um, like the scholarship level, and he's he's done a very good job, and he's worked his way up, and he's um, really highly respected by like, everyone within the club, and he's been like widely praised for the work that he's done like, at such short notice um, since um, Jonker left, and I think these ideas we've spoke about about um, less foreign players coming in, I think he's like the man who's behind all of that, and he's starting to give chances to like, more members of the under-16 squad at under-18 level as well. And I think he's done a very good job. But I think for now, it's just basically developing the players that we've already got. I'm not looking to bring anyone in, even in January, but just developing the players we've already got so that when Mertzacker takes over, then we've got um, quite a good crop of players who have um, not progressed like, together and who know the club already. So they'll be like hugely familiar with the way that Arsenal work and um, like the way that they try and play. But I think he's just going to try and um, like work with the players they've already got and 
improve him as much as possible, really. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about it is, is that because of this rule about the catchment area, I think, isn't it something to do with you, you've got to live within 90 minutes of the football club? Is that... Is that the yes. point? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Right, so I mean, 90 minutes, uh, I think they they take it by car because you go a long way in a plane in 90 minutes, obviously. But um, the issue there is that you, you do become quite restricted in who you can bring in in terms of the level of player because obviously if you go around Europe and you're bringing in top talent from, from across Europe, then you maybe have a better chance of stumbling across a, a gem of a player who could make the breakthrough. So is it maybe just a little bit restrictive uh, to to limit the recruitment to local players or is it? do you feel like it's quite a deliberate thing in order to perhaps increase the, the Englishness or the local uh, nature of the squad? Um, I actually think it's quite a good idea because um, I think having like local players in the academy is um, like what it's all about, really. And like, they're players that, if they get through to the first team, then like, fans um, can identify with and like, really get behind. Because if it's like a local dad coming through, like everybody likes to see that. I think um, maybe they could open it up a bit so that you could sign like more players like, within England like from like, up north and stuff because yeah. um, that would just um, make it better for everybody really but I think um, maybe if they I think they could even go a step further and like, limit the amount of um, foreign youngsters that can be brought in at like, 16 years of age because um, a lot of clubs do that they, they know they can't sign them until 16 and then like when the players do turn 16, they just sign and like as many of them as they possibly can, and all the top clubs do that. And often it's at the expense of like really talented um, English players. So I think maybe if they put a cap on saying like you can only um, bring in like two foreign youngsters at the age of 16, then I think that would be a good way to like, develop it further. Mm. All right. Well, looking at what happened this summer, I think everybody was taken a little bit a little bit by surprise by the appointment of Per Mertesacker, who will take over as head of the academy uh, next year. I mean, I think uh, there are other people around the club. I'm thinking maybe of someone like Steve Morrow, who would have been a, a candidate for the position. What was what was your reaction to the news when you heard that Per Mertesacker was going to be uh, taking over at academy level? Um, I actually was quite surprised. I actually thought, like you said, Steve Morrow or somebody like that, or maybe even David O'Leary or someone who's um, not a bit older and who's um, got more experience with like coaching and like, scouting um, side of things, but I think Mertesacker um, is an interesting appointment. He obviously knows the club like extremely well, having been there for so long, and his leadership qualities are um, really good as well. And I think it's noticeable like um, over the last few years when we've had like young players coming into the squad, he's always been um, one of the first people to like help like, integrate them. I think with Serge Gnabry and like, Alex Iwobi, they've like spoken about um, how he. And Hector Bellerin as well, they've said about how he's like a father figure kind of who just um, makes them feel like they're part of the squad straight away. So I think in that aspect, it's um, really good. But because he doesn't have like any prior experience of coaching or anything like that, it's difficult to like, make a prediction on like, how well he can do. But I think it's definitely an interesting appointment. And I'm glad they've got someone who's like, at the club already and who knows um, not exactly what the club's trying to do with regard to the academy. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the interesting things that, 
that I saw him say afterwards, uh, or, or maybe it was quite recently, where he said, I, it's, to, to me, it's not about talent, because to get to a certain level at Arsenal and, and to be a youth player and to make the grade and to be offered scholarship or you know young professional terms, you've got to be a really talented player. But he said the focus for him is on how hard you work. And I think there is... One of the criticisms, I guess, that people would have of modern football is that players get a lot at a very young age these days. And people will say it's too much too young. They're getting big wages uh, when they haven't really earned them, you know. So it, it kind of puts players in a in a comfort zone very early on in their careers. And I think we've seen examples of really very talented young players at Arsenal down the years who haven't been able to kick on for various reasons, but certainly one of those reasons in, in a number of cases was because they kind of thought they had it made already. Um, and the reality of life and growing up becomes only apparent a bit later on. And Mertesacker's focus is on looking at the character of the players and looking at the talent uh, rather than the talent of the players. He's looking to see how focused these guys are, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I think that's um, definitely the case. And I think um, there have been examples even with like less high-profile players at youth level where um, they've got... like to the verge of the first team and they just haven't been able to push on from there they either like, can't cope with the press or maybe they think they're like too good and they think they're better than what they are and they yeah. just can't deal with it but I think um, like, what Mert Sacker said is um, like, a good way forward and I think because then there'll be no players that will be like resting on their laurels they'll always be um, looking to develop further and I think that's a good um, like, for a first statement with regards to what he's going to do with the academy I think that's something not very good to say. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One of the big stories from youth level, from academy level this uh, summer was that of Chris Willock, who was one of the most highly rated young players at the club. But for a while, it became... Uh, or after a while, it became obvious that there was a, dif- a difference between him and the club in terms of what he wanted to do and uh, his future, and he didn't want to sign a new contract with Arsenal. Um, that can happen, of course, but very often you see players jump between English clubs. But Chris Willock's very interesting in that he has gone to... Uh, is it Benfica? It is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So he's gone to Benfica, initially part of their youth squad, but was, uh, I think has been taking part in some of the, the first team training there as well. 
how much should we read into something like that? Is he just an outlier, someone who has the character to want to go abroad, to experience something new, to maybe learn a new language, to to develop as a footballer in a different country, to learn a different kind of football, different coaching, etc.? Or is it perhaps the start of... I won't say a flood, but maybe a trickle of players who are viewing the path to first-team football at Arsenal as too too difficult, or maybe they're not getting the chance to to play at first-team level and are, are going to take their chances abroad. Um, I don't think it's a one-off. I think it's definitely um, something that's starting to become, to become a trend, really. Um, like Chris Wood, it wasn't the only um, English uh, youngster to leave Arsenal for a foreign club this summer. We had um, Caden Hines went to Wolfsburg and Dan Crowley um, left as well for them too. Um, and I think um, a lot of these youth players, they get to the fringes of the first team and they feel that there's just no pathway there at the moment for them. Um, I think especially with like midfielders or wingers, because Arsenal have got um, like, so many players um, and they're like, a lot older than the youth players. They just see there's no... Like realistic chance of getting into the first team at the moment unless there's loads of injuries or a severe drop in form but it's just not um, likely at, um, at that stage so they just feel that rather than spending another year of their career either going out on loan or just playing in the League Cup um, they feel that they can go somewhere and um, actually play first team football somewhere else and potentially even like Chris Ruddick could play in the Champions League this season for mm. Benfica so um, but it isn't just um, specific to Arsenal really because um, Jadon Sancho for example was one of Man City's best youth players and he's just joined Borussia Dortmund and there are other um, players across the country um, who are like English youngsters who are really highly rated who are going to foreign teams and it's been something that's happened a lot this summer so I think it's definitely um, the start of a trend It's interesting isn't it because on the one hand Fans want to see their clubs spend money on high-quality players, players who can come in and make a difference, help the, the team be competitive and win big trophies, etc., etc. But at the same time, when a young player like Chris Willock leaves, there's a lot of criticism that he's not given a chance. It's very hard to marry the two things, isn't it? Yes, it is. And um, I think maybe Arsenal have gone a bit the other way at the moment because um, before you used to see um, quite a lot of youngsters been involved in um, as a sub in the Premier League or in the League Cup etc but in the last few years there haven't really been that many I think um, I had Maitland-Niles and Ren Adelaide last season but you don't really have like five or six youngsters involved um, as they used to but now I think um, but I think because of a lot of players have left this summer in terms of our first team players I think there might be a few more chances um, for youngsters with the Europa League as well um, to actually get involved um, with the first team and if they can produce a few good performances then who knows what can happen but I think in recent years it has been the case that Arsenal have just um, been focusing more on first team players and there hasn't really been uh, many chances at all for youth players When you talk about Chris Willock uh, you know, an attacking midfield player who viewed his past to first-team football as a bit too treacherous, so he's, he's trying to go elsewhere. How then do we uh, discuss the Reese Nelson situation? Because he looks, at the moment, to be the outstanding 
young player at the club, the one who looks closest to making a breakthrough or being ready to make a breakthrough to first-team football. Yeah, he, in terms of his playing position, is very similar to Chris Willock. Uh, is that not a worry that if he looks at someone like Chris Willock, who he would have played with at a youth level, who's obviously friends with, and if he's looking at him and saying, well, that might be a good idea for me. Yeah, I think it's a worry, but I think at the moment he's, um, I think because he got chances in pre-season and he's still only 17. So, mm. um, and Willock was a couple of years older. So um, it's a bit of a different situation. But I think if he doesn't get the chances uh, over the next couple of years, then that situation could very well happen. Um with him, but I think um, Nelson will definitely get some chances at some stage this season. Um, I think in the League Cup against Doncaster, if he's fit, then he'll definitely play. I think, and maybe as a sub in the Europa League as well. So I think he could get some chances this year. Yeah, he uh, he has a contract until 2019 as well, so that's a little bit uh, gives a little bit of wiggle room and, and time for for him to develop. I mean, aside from Reese Nelson, who else? is there at youth level that could realistically, I'm not talking about make a breakthrough and becoming a regular week in, week out in the Premier League, because I don't think there's anyone quite ready to to do that. But certainly when you talk about the EFL Cup, if we go on a good run in that and we get some favourable draws and uh, if we get some uh, some wiggle room to experiment a little bit in the Europa League, and by that I mean, you know, if we uh, qualify with three games or four games and then you've got two games where, uh, you know, you could probably play around a little bit in terms of the squad, who else is there that would be in Arsene Wenger's mind uh, to, to make that step up or to be given that opportunity? I think, um, first of all, um, some of the youngsters who are involved in pre-season, like um, Joe Willock and Eddie Nketiah, um, I think they're definitely like, really close to the squad at the moment. But aside from those, I think um, Josh De Silva is an interesting player because he started as a striker and then he's, he went um, back into midfield and now he's playing um, in defence at um, left-back or left-wing-back. So I think like, his versatility is like, really useful and he's a like, strong like, physical player as well. So I think he could get a chance at some point. And I think um, a lot of people have been talking about the defenders at Arsenal and um, like whether we have enough if we play three at the back. And I think um, with Julio Pletrello, it looked like his chance may have gone um, like last season, but he's remained at the club and he's um, produced some good performances at youth level. So I think maybe he could um, get a chance at some stage if there's a few injuries. Uh, Christian Bielik as well looked like he might be a player who could uh, take that chance, but obviously he's injured now. He's out on until December. Interestingly, though, there are two uh, young goalkeepers named in Arsenal's Premier League squad. Uh, Emi Martinez, who was third choice behind David Ospina and Petr Cech, is on loan at Getafe for, for the season. But there are two young keepers named in there, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah, it is, and... I think um, as soon as Martin has left, um, like, it didn't look like Arsenal were going to bring in another senior keeper. So it looks like they were going to have faith in like, one of the youth players. But Arsenal have actually got um, four um, goalkeepers at under-23 level. Um, and they've like, so far this season, they've just been splitting the game time between them. But I think um, Matt Macy's the one who's um, he's the oldest um, well, Eliab's actually older than him, but Macy's 22 as well. So um, he's closest to the first team squad and he's been on loan to Luton and he's been on the bench for the first team a few times. So I think if um, either Czech or Spina got injured, then he would be 
um, the one to step up like on the bench. But I actually think that um, Ryan Hoodart, um, who's a little bit younger, is um, probably the most talented out of the four goalkeepers. Um, and he's done um, really well at youth level recently. And um, Hugo Cato, who's a Finland youth internationals, um, done well as well. But um, in terms of Dan Ilyev, um he was actually out for two years with injury, but now he's back and he's um, back in the squad. But um, I think this could probably be his um, final season at Arsenal, but I think it's like a boost for him that he's been named in the squad that shows that he's still in their thoughts mm. for now. So, I mean, you reckon, because last season uh, he played Martinez in the EFL Cup, so he, he gives that opportunity to his uh, third-choice goalkeeper. Maybe it was because Martinez was the age he was uh, and really needed to, to play some games. But do you feel like he will give Macy or Ilyev the, the chance to play in the EFL Cup? Um, yeah, I think he could. I think because um, no, we've got the Europa League as well, so obviously Ospina will play in that. So I think uh, one of the younger goalkeepers might well get a chance um, in the League Cup and it'll probably be either Macy or Hoodart but um, I would say probably Macy is more likely at the moment. Mm. Final question then, you did mention the one signing that the club have brought in and uh, obviously rings a few bells for me and Irish midfielder Jordan McEnough um, he is extremely highly rated. There's a lot of a little bit of hype about him over here in Ireland not too much but um, what can you tell us about him? Um well, he's an attacking midfielder. He can, he's actually played as a striker a few times and he can play out wide as well. Um, he's uh, really skillful. He was on trial at Arsenal last season and um, he really impressed. But unfortunately, um, he's out injured at the moment. So he probably won't be back until October or November and he hasn't played many um, games for the under-18s yet. But he looks um, really talented and I think um, out of the current um, first scholars who have just joined, he's definitely um, one of the most highly rated. All right. It's about time we had a, an Irish midfielder back in the squad, but uh, we'll see how that progresses uh, during the season. Of course, you can find George's column on Ars Blog News every week, and his blog is arsenalyouth.wordpress.com. George, thanks a million. Thanks. So there you go, a look at what's happening at youth level at Arsenal with George. Thank you very much indeed to him, and I hope you enjoyed that. And I don't know why I'm slowing down my words. Uh, but yeah um, forgotten what I was going to say there now but yeah and the thing is of course you know when it comes right down to it the the crux of the matter the nuts and bolts of it if you like the the ins and outs and, and all that basically well it comes back to what I just said there a moment ago about completely forgetting what it was I was going to say so yeah that's where we are with this could like edit it couldn't i and just go back and make myself sound all professional and stuff but no no i'm not gonna do that warts and all warts and all that's what i say apart from you know there are places you don't want warts this is taking a bad turn a bad turn look we will have an arse cast on friday when of course all the players come back from international duty hopefully all of them are fighting fit and uh, the word fighting there would be would be good. That would be welcome to see a bit of fight from the team after what we saw uh, at Anfield last weekend. Hopefully no injuries. There's talk of an Alexis Sanchez ankle injury. Um, that will, of course, get people suspicious. But who knows? Who knows? Again, I've forgotten what it was I was going to say about that. So I'm going to leave it here because I'm becoming more and more incoherent. Uh, the more I talk, the less sense I make. 
which is not unusual, I hear you say, but it is what it is today. Today of all days, which is, of course, Monday. Right, I'm done. Thank you for listening. As always, if you'd like to give us a review or a rating on iTunes, that would be super. I'll owe you one. I got your pint next time I see you. Something like that. How about that? Okay, well, look, uh, let's leave it, and uh, we'll chat on Friday. We'll preview the Bournemouth game and everything else that might happen between now and then. So until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.